Hello Jess. Hi again Chris. Welcome back to part two of our look at the Old Testament festivals. Ooh, let's go. <laughs> yeah, we're looking at what happens 10 days after Rosh Hashanah. Yes, the trumpets, 10 days later. Which is Yom Kippur, okay. or the Day of Atonement. Okay. So the seventh month, which, which we uh, said already, is really the holy month. Yeah, uh, for the Jewish yeah. calendar. This is the second of three separate festivals that will happen during this month. Okay, yeah. uh, and this is really the peak of, in some ways, the whole of the Jewish year. Like okay. this is the holiest of the holy te- um, holidays. And it happens, so, so Rosh Hashanah happens 10 days later, Yom Kippur happens. Those 10 days were meant to be for the Jewish people days of preparation, okay. days of reflection mm. and of real soul searching mm-hmm, mm-hmm. to think about how how their standing is before the lord mm-hmm. because what would happen on that 10th day uh, the day of atonement is a sacrifice would be made on behalf of all the people by the high priest it was the only day in the whole year that the high priest one person once a year could go into the holy of holies which was a portion of the temple that was remained walled off by a thick, thick curtain behind which the Ark of the Covenant rested, the Ark of the Covenant being the the presence of God, this symbolized presence of God with his people. Mm-hmm. So the holiness of God meant that to approach him was extremely serious business. Mm-hmm. And so God dictated that one person, the high priest, could come once a year to make offering on behalf of the people. Is that why it was such a big deal? Because it's like, oh, God is so holy that this is like a big deal and it can only happen once. Like, it's that kind of... Exactly. Okay, okay. Yeah, it's it's taking the holiness of God very seriously. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But this festival was a reminder of God, God's relationship with his people, mm-hmm. affirming the relationship that they were his and that he was faithful to forgive their sins uh, if they repented. Now, uh, it's mostly the explanation of what the high priest would do uh, is found in Leviticus 16, uh, and it's this quite long, involved process of ritual sort of cleansing, offering uh, a sacrifice for his own sin uh, so that he would be purified, and then offering a sin on behalf of the people, uh, the blood being sprinkled on and around the covenant, uh, sorry, on and around the Ark of the Covenant, uh, and then burnt offerings being placed in, uh, the, you know, the, the sort of vessel that they would do these burnt offerings within. Uh, it's this very complicated process mm-hmm. of cleansing and offering. Mm-hmm. Uh, but what I want to bring out is Leviticus 23, when it's explaining about this, it focuses on kind of what the people should be doing okay. about this as yeah. well. Yeah. So it's found in Leviticus 23, starting in verse 16. Uh, Sorry, starting verse 26. And the Lord said to Moses, Now on the tenth day of this seventh month is the day of atonement. It shall be for you a time of holy convocation. You shall afflict yourselves and present a food offering to the Lord. And you shall not do any work on that day, for it is is the day of atonement, to make atonement for you before the Lord your God. Whoever is not afflicted on that day shall be cut off from his people. And whoever does any work on that day, that person I will destroy from among his people. You shall not do any work. It is a statute for statute forever throughout your generations in all your dwelling places. It shall be to you a Sabbath of solemn rest, 
and you shall afflict yourselves on the ninth day of the month, beginning at evening, from evening to evening, you shall keep your Sabbath. It seems like this day was so holy that, like you're saying, it takes a lot of soul searching. It takes putting aside time to reflect, not work, take a pause from work to yeah. just, um, yeah, I guess, think about the people's relationship with God. That's what I'm yeah. getting so far. Definitely. And to afflict yourself meant yeah, to fast. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm like, wait, what? Yeah. It, it means to fast. Okay. okay. And so the people would have to fast on that day. They would have to abstain from all work on that mm-hmm. day. Mm-hmm. You can imagine this is a very somber event. Yeah. Yeah, it sounds like it. Yeah. Where people, live, and what was interesting is the way that this this passage brings up that unless you're willing to do this, you're not really part of the people of right, God. Right. And what I think is interesting about that is this idea of uh, the way that faith works. You know, when, when we talk about how Christ made atonement for the people or Christ's sacrifice paid for sin, one of the questions that's brought out is, well, if Christ paid for the sin of all the people, why is why are people still condemned? Uh, let, let's say if you don't oh, believe, let's question. say if you don't believe in Jesus, well, isn't that sin, isn't your sin still paid for, whether or not you believe it? And that's why I think bringing out something like this is really important. Is there's very much there's an onus on the person to respect and adhere to what has been done as well. Right. It's being done on their behalf. Like the high priest is the one who's offering the sacrifice. They don't offer the sacrifice. But unless you're willing to identify with what's going on, mm. you're not part of it. Mm-hmm. Unless you're willing to essentially identify with that work of the high priest, then the sacrifice has no bearing on your life. Yeah. It's, it's like you have to go through the trouble of like fasting and stopping work or else like you're you're kind of cut off from it as a text says. Exactly. Okay. There's a there's a recognition of the seriousness of what's going on and how how it applies to you that's necessary for it to apply to you. Mm-hmm, so it's a course. it's an act of faith, faithful mm-hmm. obedience mm-hmm. to say I am going to humble myself in light of what's being done on my behalf. Yeah. So I think there's a good connection there to faith. Now, when you look at the way that it all unfolds, the work of the high priest approaching the throne of God on behalf of the people. And then the sacrifice being made to pay for the sins of the people. On both of those fronts, we see the work of Christ. True. Christ is very explicitly referred to as our high priest in the right. New Testament who goes into the dwelling place of God. Yeah, okay. He's the one who does uh, that scary thing that they have to <laughs> take yeah. really seriously. Right, right. And then also he is the sacrifice mm-hmm. for our sins. Mm-hmm. He, he takes upon himself the sins of the people and pays for it with their very life, mm-hmm. with his very life, mm-hmm. excuse me. Uh, this is really explicitly brought out in the book of Hebrews. Yes. So Hebrews chapter 9, uh, starting, I would say, in verse 12. Okay. This is speaking of Christ saying, He once for all entered into the holy places, not by means of the blood of goats and calves, but by the means of his own blood, thus securing an eternal redemption. For if the blood of goats and bulls and the sprinkling of defile people with the ashes of a heifer to sanctify for the purification of the flesh, how much more will the blood of Christ, through who, uh, th- yeah, who through the eternal spirit offered himself without blemish to God, purify our conscience from dead works to serve the living God. So here we have the work of Christ, which is not only seen as 
uh, equivalent to, but far superior to. Yeah. It's like that festival is pointing to the fact that, like, oh, something even greater is going to happen exactly. through Christ. Yeah. yeah, it's referred yeah. to as, you know, Hebrews goes on to say, these things are a shadow of what Christ is in reality. Oh, okay. Okay, so the Day of Atonement, I think, symbolically pointed to a day where actual atonement would be made. Mm. And even in the Old Testament, you see the writers kind of, they're aware of the fact that this can't be all that's going on. Yeah. If this is God, how is he appeased by the blood of goats? Right, right. You know, it's, it's just seems, a symbol. It's exactly. not a real deal until Christ comes along. Exactly. So yeah. Christ becomes that real deal. <laughs> and I think one connection for us is just with the idea of repentance, that people during that time were really to take seriously repentance. Mm. Uh, and it was through repentance that the connection to God was affirmed and established. Okay. Uh, our posture as Christians should be one as, of repentance. When we, think of, when we think of God and our relationship with God, it's because of the sacrifice that we can approach. It's because of the sacrifice that we have any relationship whatsoever. Yeah. The fact that our sin has been dealt with means that we humble ourselves and we repent of these dead works because we see what they lead to mm -hmm. and what has been done to free us from them as well. So when we read about the, the Day of Atonement in the Old Testament, let's see Christ in it and celebrate the relationship we have with God as a result. Yes. <laughs>